You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, October 30th, 2022, the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled Trees. Right outside this corner door here, go out and take a like a right into the grass there's a, a big beautiful tree there actually it's a like a four-pronged tree it kind of parts of it kind of hug the ground but it's pretty high some parts of it too and on Wednesday nights this past few months there's always been about six eight ten kids who've climbed up on the tree and and getting on the branches and you can you all, I always know they're up there because I can hear people yelling at them. What are you doing up there? Get down. But I like to go walk over there and kind of tease them. And I don't tell them to get down. You know, they might fall, but, you know, kids heal quickly, so they'll be fine. <laughs> um, but also because those of us adults in the room before, you know, a thousand stations on TV and everything in the palm of your hand, we used to go outside and climb trees. That's what we used to do. We used to find trees and climb them. And we would fall out of them. I know I did. A few, a few years ago, I went to see an old house we used to live in a few decades ago, and I saw the tree we used to climb. Boy, was that, that was dumb. Um, it, was, it was a big tree. I guess it's grown since then. But I say this because just like marriage, trees actually bookend the scriptures. They bookend the scriptures. In the Garden of Eden, we hear that there's two trees. The garden, I mean, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The one that kind of highlights in that one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, where our first parents sinned with that tree, sinned on that tree. But then, if you fast forward all the way to the end in Revelation 19, there's another image of a tree, the tree of life. And it's a, it's a beautiful image that St. John describes. It's like heaven, that the tree of life that we're asked to climb up is full of 12 different kinds of fruits. And I don't think that number is accidental. 12 different kinds of fruits, and the leaves are for healing, for healing. So it's an image of heaven, of feasting and healing in the church, in the very bosom of God. Christ himself calls the kingdom of God as like a tree. He calls it like a mustard seed that dies and grows into a big tree that the birds come and feed and nest and take shade in. He says that is the, like the kingdom of God. But also, we remember that the fathers of the church, when they talk about Jesus on the cross, they don't often use the word cross. They say he died on a tree, that he climbed up a tree to save us. And in the theology of the body, many of those theologians will talk about how Adam, a naked guy, sinned with a tree. And to undo that sin, the new Adam Another naked guy had to get up, climb up a tree, and save us on it. 
to undo that great sin that was done on a tree. But we hear about a tree today in the story of Zacchaeus. So who is this guy? Before we talk about this particular story, I think it's good to look at who this guy is. Now, I think because we have children's Bibles with little pictures and, and the stories in there, and even sometimes on movies about Jesus, they'll have the story of Zacchaeus. And they usually picture him as this little chubby, kind of cute little guy who, who runs up a tree and says, Jesus, Jesus, kind of a nice little cute guy who has an encounter with Christ. I think that's wrong. I think Zacchaeus was a thug. I think he was a big thug. He was a hated thug in the community. In some ways, he was even hated more than the Romans because he himself was a Jew in cahoots with the Romans. He was a tax collector and wealthy. That means he was stealing from people. He was stealing from them to give to the Romans. He was a traitor. But also, not only was he a tax collector, which made you the scum of the earth to them, he was the chief tax collector. He was the chief thug. He had protection from the Roman guards. He'd take people's money, and there's nothing they could do about it. He was living it up. But like all bullies, all thugs, eventually they realize, I'm not happy. Like all bullies and all thugs, he was probably bullied himself. That's why he probably got in cahoots with the Romans, because he didn't feel safe. Like all bullies and all thugs, the only way he could feel safe is he bullied other people. But his heart was empty. He realized, this is not satisfied. I am not happy. There must be something else out there or someone else out there. So what does he do? He has a little conversion process. He's willing to make a fool of himself and climb a tree. He's willing to put himself in danger because he heard about this guy, Jesus, and he might be the answer to his prayers. And what happens? He climbs what we hear be a sycamore tree, which has uh, deep roots in the Old Testament, now they call those mulberry trees where people would feed on them. He climbed that, and when he got to the top and he saw Jesus, something happened to him. He had a conversion on that tree, and we hear about it today. He had a particular conversion. He had a conversion from being a thief to being a generous man, to undoing all the times he stole from people. And Jesus still looked at him and said, I have come for people just like him who were lost. He was lost. He knew it. Jesus knew it. Everybody else just thought he was a bully. But he's the one that Jesus came to find. Now, if you, if you will, I'd like to keep with this motif of a tree. Because when you think about a big tree, if you grew up around those things, you found out later that they had deep roots that you couldn't see. But we remember that if the church is a tree, it, it was planted by Christ. It was planted on the apostles and on all the saints and martyrs that we don't see anymore. But it's deep and rich. But the trunk of the tree, I believe, would be like the sacraments. This is what saves us. This is what we do as a Catholic church. We give sacraments. 
We don't just have Bible studies. Those are important. But we have encounters with Christ with stuff, with bread and wine and oil and water and crosses. That's the trunk of the tree. But you are the branches. We hear that from Christ himself. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And we're asked to do what as a branch is to produce much fruit as best that we can. And how do we produce that fruit? Well, we talk here all the time about the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. We talk mostly about time and talent because I think that's the hardest thing. We're always asking for volunteers, always asking for help in certain ministries, ushers, Eucharistic ministers. We'll need some Eucharistic ministers on Tuesday. Actually, yeah, Tuesday, because that's a holy day of obligation. Please sign up in the back. But we need all kinds of ministries. But time is hard because all of you have these very busy calendars. I've seen them. All these busy social calendars. And to fit your mission in there, is you have to realize the calendar is God's. We're on, where are we on his calendar? Also, each one of you, and I have no idea what they are, each one of you have been given a special gift, a special charism, a special talent of your own that you're asked to use to build up the kingdom. I don't know what that is, but what I do know is that we know what happens when we bury our talents. There are several parables in the Gospels about people being given even just one talent, burying it. And Christ doesn't have much good to say to them. It doesn't work out because they've each been given a gift. You know, I'll tell you right now, I, don't, I have never been good at anything. Only thing I've ever had was a big mouth. And I try to use that now. But the question is, what is yours? But today, especially, it's CSA Sunday. We have to remember that treasure is a part of that. That treasure is a part of that. Now, some of you may have gotten one of these things in the mail. Some of them you're using it, I think, to, to fan yourself. That's okay. I, I do too. Anybody getting this in the mail, raise your hand. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Good, good, good. If you've already sent it in, God bless you. If not, there's some in your pews. And this is how we tithe, if you will, to the diocese or give to recognize that we're part of a larger church. If it's in your pews, you can look at it. And this is how we remember that the church, we're part of the Diocese of Austin. And the Diocese of Austin has ministries, has ministries. And when we speak of tithing, let me speak about that just a little bit. Tithing is a Jewish precept. Does that mean 10% of their income? Actually, it means the first 10%. The first 10% belong to God, not the leftovers. The first 10% belong to God and that they didn't give God the first 10%, it was seen as stealing from God. Having said that, the church has never used that language. I've never used that language. He asked his own apostles, I want you to give 100% of yourself, not 10%. But out of your generosity, even out of your poverty, not just out of your surplus, but out of your poverty, the church has asked that treasure is part of it. Even sitting in this church today, we have to pay the lights. It's expensive. The air conditioning, if you want to know how much that costs a year, come see us. 
it's expensive. I'm expensive. Having a priest is expensive. You guys pay 1100 bucks a month for my insurance. That's expensive. The elevator in the office costs $4,000 a year to maintain. Please use it because it's expensive. It's expensive. But also, leaving all that other stuff behind, the church, the Diocese of Austin, contributes, does a lot of good work with Catholic charities. That comes from you. All of our Catholic schools are subsidized. We have to support them. We have to. If you ever go to Cedar Break, that is subsidized by the diocese. But if I can speak personally, one of the most expensive budgets is priest formation. It's very expensive. To pay for one man for one year in seminary costs $50,000. But we have a church with 500,000 people in it in the Diocese of Austin. If everybody tithed, would there be no problem? But we also have to invest in vocations, especially in our men, our young men. We need priests. Right now we have about 35 some odd seminarians. We need more. We need more. And we have to invest in programs to encourage that. Every chance we get. Now, having said that, the church will never be without priests. I don't think so. Every, there's bishops in this state. All they have to do if we run out of, go, get low on priests, they'll get on a plane and fly to Nigeria or South Korea or Vietnam or India or Kenya. There's all kinds of seminarians there, and they can always load up 10 or 15 of them and bring them back. Two things are bad about that. It doesn't speak well of us. And you know people are going to complain. I don't understand that priest. We hear that all the time. And we say to that families, do you have a son that you can send us? When that happens, we have to have these missionary priests. But we also have to invest and the conversion of our young funds. I have my own mantra here at St. Luke. We have to have a preferential option for the young. We have to. Because we're losing them. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. All kinds of reasons for that. But what they're being told on TikTok and Facebook. In their public schools. Goes right against again our faith. Especially our young ladies are absolutely being attacked by the rainbow rage and the alphabet mafia. They are. To question their very humanity, their very womanhood. That happens all the time, they tell me. Their parents tell me. There's a, there's a, a family in Austin. They, they have a daughter. She gets weekly testosterone injections for free from the Kine Clinic, and there's nothing they can do about it. It's actually against the law to stop it. If you don't think that's a demonic and direct attack, but have we given them the tools to celebrate their role as man and woman, to remind them that God made them male and female in the beginning? But every time you have a chance to invest in our young people, please jump on it. Because we have to. Because we have to. Invest not just in their education, but their salvation. But their salvation. 
So I'd ask you to climb up on whatever cross God has given you, whatever tree that he's challenged you with, to get a nice look at what your talents are. How much time do you spend on, on continuing and extending the kingdom of God? And then look at your finances. How much are we investing? Or do we give God the first fruits or do we give him the last fruits? All of you are part of that tree. You are the vine. Christ is the vine. You are the branches. And we're asked to make fruit. And I guarantee you if we do a better job of recognizing our own place in the kingdom of God, in that tree of life, we will produce fruit. And that tree out there will have kids hanging from it for decades to come. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be made aware when future episodes drop.